I am so excited today, uh, as I usually am when we start a new series. We are starting a new series today called The Empowering Presence of God. The Empowering Presence of God. Um, and this series right here, I believe if we pay attention to what God is saying, um, it, will, it will change us. It will not only draw us closer to him, but it, we're going to see some things happen uh, that we've not ever seen before. So I don't know if that's a little teaser to get your, uh, you know, what they call wet your whistle, you know. Uh, but I, I believe that, um, you know, God has really been speaking this, that we're going to see some things that we've never seen before. Um, the empowering presence of God. Here, God, if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 16. That's where we're going to be out of. Um, we'll be there in just a few minutes. Here's, here's, what I, here's what I see, church. God has been bringing us through a river. There are, there are rivers that not only leaders must cross, but there are rivers that disciples must cross. There are rivers that we must go through. I think that metaphorically, Psalm 16 is where we're going to be. I think that metaphorically for us, when we look back at the Old Testament, the Israelites escaping from Egypt, but not only escaping, going to a new land, crossed through the Red Sea. And then when they got to the new land, uh, they were on one side leaving the wilderness, going into the promised land. They had to cross the Jordan River. There are rivers that all of us have to cross if we're going to get to the promised land, if we're going to get to where we need to be. And I believe in the spirit that God has been bringing us through a river. And all of these things that have been hanging on to us, I'm prophesying to you now, all these things that have been hanging on to us, including COVID and racism and whatever else that we can think of, uh, whatever, what's been going on in your life, uh, debt, um, you know, anxiety, fear, uh, all of the things that we've been dragging, we've been dragging and feel like we've been going through mud. You know, some of those things as we have been, as God is bringing us through this river, when we get to the other side and begin to step up on the bank, that river is going to begin to wash those things off of us because we're stepping into a new thing. We're stepping into, we're stepping up into, onto a bank, onto a land that we have not been before. We've not been here before. You know, people are talking about the new normal and all these kind of things. And some of that stuff is just, it's sayings. It's because we, we don't know what's happening. So we make up words and we use phrases. And this is just the new normal. Maybe it'll never go back. I believe that God is saying, listen, I'm taking you to a place that you haven't seen before. Church, church. And we are going to have to lead the world to this place. It's up to us to lead the world. The government is not going to do it. You know, many of you don't trust the government anyway, <laughs> understandably so. I won't get back into that. But the government's not going to do it. Um, you know, the civil rights leader is not going to do it. Some, some uh, motivational speaker is not going to do it. No one is going to do it. It's going to be the church. The church is going to do it. We are God's ambassadors for Christ in a foreign land. We are the ones that have his spirit. And we have something that's more important. Our next series, our next message series is going to be about the name of Jesus. This is the greatest weapon that we have ever had. The great, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Why? Because Jesus is the word of God. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So we, have, we cannot lose. 
We can't lose if we follow the plan of God. We have to make it through this river. God didn't call us halfway to drown, right? We know that when he said, let us go to the other side. That's what he said. Another example. He didn't say, let's go halfway and drown. Even though a storm comes, even though COVID comes, even though dissension and, and division and all these things come, uh, he didn't say, we're going halfway and we're going to drown and you're going to get caught up in all of this stuff. No, he said, get out of the boat and start walking on the water in the midst of all of this storm and water and, uh, you know, wind and waves that are coming at you. You're going to walk on the water through all of that and we're going to get to the other side church we are going to step up out of this river that God has been bringing us through and by the way our baggage is going to be left in the river now if you're strong enough amen amen now you may feel like you're strong enough maybe you've been working out I've been working out, but I've also been eating bad too. But, uh, you know, and you might feel that you're strong enough and you just want to bring some of that stuff with you. Well, you know, hey, listen, uh, the Lord be with you if that's what you want to do. Because God's trying to leave it in the river and let it flow on down, okay? We're stepping into a new thing. And God is saying, listen, you, in order to do this, you must seek my presence. You see, Moses said something. Moses said something I think is so important. We've heard it preached. We have, some of us have taught it before. We've read it and we've understand, understood it. We've comprehended it. But Moses, this is so profound in what he said. You know, God told Moses and the people of Israel, listen, you're going this way. Okay. And he said, Lord, the only way we're going to go is if your presence goes with us. He told the almighty God, the one who created the universe, Listen, Lord, I, I, I reverence you, God. You are my all in all, but I can tell you this. If your presence doesn't go, we ain't going, to use my best language, okay? And that's where, that's where we have to be as a church. Listen, and God loves that. That's the thing about it. It's not like you're telling God off. He wants us to say that. He's like, well, hey, that's what I've been waiting on you to say. Uh, if, 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 if my presence doesn't go with you, you're not going. That's all I wanted to hear. Let's go. I got my bags ready. Come on, let's go, people. That's what God is telling us. It, it was so profound. You see, the presence of God is what I call our bottom line. You know, in, in business, the bottom line is what? Profit, right? I mean, because, it, you know, you might say, well, that bit, all they want to do is, is make a profit. Well, yeah, if they're not going to be in business, if they don't make some money, Right. Uh, I mean, and so that's their bottom line. You talk about a business, uh, uh, you know, CEO of a business, you know, at the end of the day, he wants to know, uh, did we make more than we lost? <laughs> did, we, did we bring in more than we spent? Okay. And so that way we can open up the doors tomorrow and pay all of our people. That's the bottom line. You know, in sports, success, really at the end of the day, all the work you do. You know, if you're running track, you're out there, you're running sprints every day, you run sprints again, you're checking your time, and then you start loosening up and you do all your stuff and your jumping jacks and, you know, your side jacks and all these kind of things. All of that is so that when you get out there and you run your race, you can what? Win. You're trying to win the race. You know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the words of a famous prophet, many of you don't know, uh, Brother Jack, know who I'm talking about? Uh, Herm Edwards. I know you guys don't know him. He was a coach one time of, of the New York Jets, no doubt. He said, you play to win the game. Okay. 
And so, uh, that, you know, that's what you do. Your bottom line, when you do all of that, at the end of the day, it's to win. You know, in politics, success is the votes. Do I have more votes than the other person? In television, guess what? Your series, Gunsmoke doesn't stay on the air if nobody watches it, Brother Al. You know, we know that, okay? It's not going to stay. You know, I know young people are like, what in the world is he talking about? You know, uh, you know, Riverdale. Riverdale will not stay on the air if you guys are not watching it. Okay, so it's ratings. You know, in, in TV, <laughs> that's right, Virgil. In, t in TV, uh, you know, it, the, the bottom line is your ratings. In church, our success, our bottom line is God is sensing and knowing God's presence. If God isn't with us, what are we doing? I mean, what are we? Are we the Elks Club? Is that still a thing? You know, whatever club, what, what, what club are we? And those clubs are great. I mean, I, I like clubs, but, you know, I don't feel compelled to come to a club, you know, Jody, if, it, you know, if not this one, if, if God's presence is not with us. And so his presence must be with us. And his empowering presence, I mean, it gives us power. Just what um, the title there says, it gives us authority, something that is empowering, makes you more confident. We have to have confidence, church. We're filled with God's spirit. To, it gives us confidence to be able to do what God's called us to do. Psalm chapter 16, verse 7 to 11 in the New King James Version, David put it this way. He said, listen, he said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Kind of sounds like Moses a little bit, doesn't it? Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Because God is there. He is at my right hand, I will not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. Think about that phrase right there for a moment. Rest in hope. Rest in hope. Not be anxious in my hope, but rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol. A little prophecy about the Lord Jesus. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And here's what I want to land on right here. You will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness. Now, before I just finish that, can we just talk about this word fullness for a moment? When something is full, when something is full, you can't get anything else in there. When it's full, there's nothing out there. When it's full, listen, you can try, but it's just going to overflow. And so think about this, the fullness of joy, the fullness of joy. God wants us to have such joy that we can't have anymore. And not just a saying either, not just a cliche. If I was doing any better, I'd be whatever the cliche may be. Not just a cliche. He wants us to have so much joy. You know, I've heard preachers. Now, I might, you, you've been amening so far. You might, this might rub you the wrong way a little bit. But listen, we just read this, okay? I, I've heard so many people preach and they, they say this word. And I understand where it's coming from. You know, that God is not concerned with your happiness. He, he just wants his kingdom uh, to, to come to earth. And I would say that, that that's true. He does want his kingdom to come to earth. But can I just tell you that there's just a little bit of fault in that theology. God is concerned with your happiness. Otherwise, why would David say in your presence is the fullness of joy? Okay, but here's, here's the thing about it. Our happiness, or nor does it, nor anything else you can think of, trumps God's will. His will is above everything. 
That's all he's saying. My will is above everything, including your happiness. Okay? But that doesn't mean he's not concerned with your happiness. He wants you to have the fullness of joy. And then David went on to say, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Always, there, will, there will never be a time where there's not pleasure at your right hand. There will never be a time when I'm at your right, if I'm at your right hand, that there are not pleasures. Okay? At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. God does uh, want you to be happy. He does want you to be happy. It's just that we try to be happy outside of his will. And then we try to bring it to God and ask him to bless it. Okay? God is saying, no, 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 no. First, seek my presence, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then all these things, all these things, and I know it's all from Matthew 6, but I, and I'm not adding to the word, but I'm just including in there, including your happiness, all of these things will be added unto you. Why? Because I know what makes you happy. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt what makes you happy. I know what brings you joy. And I want you to be joyful. That is what God is saying to us. God's word translation puts that very last verse like this. It says, David said, my flesh will rest in hope. You, you make the path of life known to me. Now watch this. Complete joy. Complete. Complete joy is in your presence. That, that means it's, 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 I'm all the way to the end of the joy. I'm filled all the way up. Complete joy is in your presence. Pleasures are by your side forever. Forever. There will not be a time if you're by God's side that you're not experiencing his joy. If you're by his side that you're not experiencing his joy. Now let me tell you, here's, here's what we'll get. Okay, you know, Brother Mike, you say that, uh, but, you know, there's things that happen. Uh, you know, what about this thing? I mean, I didn't have enough money to pay the bill or the, you know, coronavirus or that thing happened. You know what? We, we put our hope and our, our, um, our, our satisfaction in things that will never give us satisfaction. They'll never give us satisfaction. See, we, we, we think, oh, if I, have, if, if I have all the money in my bank account, uh, then, you know, that's, that's the fullness of joy. No, the fullness of joy is having a never-ending supply whenever you call on God. Okay, that's the fullness of joy. And that's a difference. Because I can tell you one thing right now. I'll fill up my bank account, but if, if God says, here, fill it up, I'll mess it up. I mean, we, you ever heard of the prodigal son? Okay, we, we do those things. But if I know that I can just walk and I can call on God at any time because I'm in his will and I'm, I'm following his word, that's faith. I'm following his word and I can call on him at any time, no matter what comes my way. I have all the money I need. Uh, I have, uh, but that's just not money. I have all the resources at, at, at right at the right time, right? When I, when I know that, that's the fullness of joy. See, that's the difference in being blessed and walking in the blessing. Okay, that's a whole nother uh, sermon series, all right? It's the difference in being blessed and, wa and walking in the blessing. And it's, it's great to be blessed. You know, bless you. I even pray a blessing on us, you know, when we leave, uh, you know, for, for Sunday service. So we want to be blessed. We want blessings from God. Showers of blessings, showers of blessings. We want those things. But you know what we want even more? We don't even know it. To be able to walk in the blessing to walk in the blessing of the Lord, to be anointed by his spirit. See, that's what Jesus did. 
When he walked the earth, think about it. When he walked the earth, Jesus was filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he walked the earth in the blessing. That's how people crawled to him and touched the hem of his garment and were healed. That, that's how he could do what he could. He could spit on the ground and put the clay on someone's eyes and they're healed. That's how he could walk on water. That's how he turned water into wine. That's how all of these things were able to happen because he's walking in the blessing. Complete joy is in your presence. Pleasures are by your side forevermore. But it's up to us to seek his presence and not those things. And not those things. You know what? Some of us don't even know what we want. We think we do. I, I mean, I, I think I do, but I really don't even know because God will bless me and I'll go, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that I wanted that. Yes, thank you. Yes, please. Thank you, Lord. I didn't even realize that. Yes, that makes me happy, right? I mean, we, we know that. It happens in marriage, right? I mean, there are times when, when, when Dietrich's done something for me or, you know, blessed me with something, and I was like, well, I didn't even realize that. Yes, that's great. I love it, right? And that's God knows everything. He knows what pleasures you. He knows what uh, brings you joy. And so that's why we need to seek his, his presence first. And let me just give you three manifestations of his presence and how we go from glory to glory in God. And then we'll finish up here. But first, let me say this. Let me just, because I just, I, I feel I, I want to drive this point home. We, 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 if we, if we press into the presence of God as God wants us to, we're crossing this river. And as, as we begin to see the bank, we begin to see the shore as we cross this river and trudge through. Now, I'm not saying that the river is easy to cross because it's deep and it's full of stuff, okay? And it's stuff we brought in it. So it's, 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 I'm not saying it's just an easy river to swim, okay? But we're going through the river. And as we see the other side, what God is, what God is filling us with when we get into his presence, now I'm going to say this now. This, this may be a bold statement to some of you and, and others may say, shoot, this is what we've been waiting on the whole time. But I'm going to say this because I believe this is the Lord. When we step onto that bank, we are going to be so full of his presence, we'll begin to speak to things. We're going to be, begin to speak to cancer. We're going to be able to speak to uh, yokes of bondage and they'll be broken. We're going to speak to strongholds and those strongholds are going to come down because we're using the name of Jesus. And it's, and it's not, it's not going to be because we're so great it's going to be because we've gone through the river. We've gone through the river. The other side is where you can speak those things. You can't stand on this side and, and, and speak those things. <laughs> Come on. You can't sit. I always say this. You can't sit on the couch and wait for it to happen. We're going to have to have skin in the game. We're going to have to have skin in the game. We're going to have to believe it in our heart and speak it with our mouth. That's what's going to bring it to pass. We can't just pray and say, Watch God. Watch him do it. Won't he do it? Okay. We're not going to be able to do that. It's true. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Okay. But we're, but we're coming into a place where that is God saying, no, it's no more. Won't he do it? Won't you do it? That's what God is saying. He's saying, step up on that shore and won't you do it? Believe it in your heart and begin to speak it with your mouth. Now, that sounds great. That sounds so easy. But listen, the opposition is still going to be there. People are going to say, you're crazy. I, I can't believe this in the midst of all of this. You're, you're speaking life and you're, you're having joy and all of this. Yes, we are. Because though the storm is here and though the water is pliable, God is able to use water and firm it up. Come on, somebody. 
He's able to change water into wine. He's able to make water so firm that we can walk on it. That's the God that we serve. That is the God that we serve. And so when we step out of this thing, get ready. Get ready because we're going to be able to. Now, it, you have to have it in your heart. I, but you can't even get saved without it. You got, that's how you, you got into heaven. I'm going to say got into heaven, even though I know you're not there yet. Uh, you know, Jesus hadn't come back yet, but really you are. But, you know, that's something else as well. But this is how you got into heaven. You believed in your heart and you spoke with your mouth. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. They, they have this. I don't know why I know this, and I probably shouldn't know this as a pastor. But they have this saying in Vegas, scared money don't make money. Okay? And so you can't sit on the side and just be scared. All right? Some of y'all know what that means. I don't know. I saw it on a TV show. So I, but yeah, yeah, I did. I have, I've never been to Vegas, to the airport. But, uh, but, you, but we're not going to be able to sit here and be scared, right? We're going to have to say it. We're going to have to get in it. We're going to have to get up out of this river, okay? Step on that side, all right? We all know about the omnipresence of God, right? We know that the omnipresence of God is God's presence that's everywhere all the time. Listen, um, you know, I think, I think it was David that put it this way in Psalm 139. He said it this way. He said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high. I cannot attain it. And then he said this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go? Where? Where can I go? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend in the heaven, this is one of my, one of my favorite scriptures. I love this right here. If I ascend in the heaven, you are there. But we know that. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. Did you know God is in hell? It kind of sounds bad, doesn't it? Wait, where, where, where can you go that he's not there? Satan can't hide from him. Not even if he can go in hell, he can go in his dark room, he can close the door, and he can uh, barricade it all up, and Jesus just come right through there. I'm here for my people. I'm here for my people. Who is it? It's the king of glory. Who's the king of glory? The Lord God mighty in battle. Give me my people. I'm taking captivity captive. There is nowhere that you can hide. There's nowhere we can go. God's presence is everywhere. Jeremiah put it this way. He said, can anyone hide himself in secret places? So I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? His glory fills every place. There's nowhere we can go. And so we know about the omnipresence. But you know, God wants us to go to a new level in him and go to what we call the manifest presence of God. Manifested presence. This simply means that God chooses to reveal himself sovereignly, okay? Kind of like back in Genesis uh, chapter 3, where the Bible talks about how Adam and Eve were walking through the garden, or the presence of God was walking through the garden in the cool of the day, right? They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. You ever been somewhere and you just felt somebody's presence? You know, I, I've, been, I've been talking to somebody sometimes, and, you know, maybe I'll say a few things about someone else, and then I'll just go, they're standing behind me, aren't they? Yeah, I just, I just kind of knew it. You know, they're back there. Yeah, and I just kind of felt their presence, you know, that kind of a thing. And uh, so that's where Adam and Eve were. They knew, they were able to hear God even walking through the garden, the spirit of the Lord, right? We know the manifest presence of God. That's when we're in service and maybe we're worshiping and you know the presence of God is here. There's just a sweet, you just know it in your knower. You know it in your spirit and you feel the manifest presence of God, don't we? You know, the Bible talks about how Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. This is the manifest presence of God. Here's where God is bringing us to. And it, this is, might sound a little weird, but this is what I call it. 
even up beyond the manifest presence of God, he's bringing us into a place called the felt realized presence of God. Felt realized. I mean, it's a revelation. This is, this is stepping onto the shore that I'm talking about out of this river. This is what I'm talking about. You say, well, what can be greater than a manifested presence of God? I'm talking about the felt real. I'm talking about being faith. You know, this word presence, this word presence comes from a Hebrew word that means turn, to turn the face. That's what it means. It literally means to turn the face. So when we are in the presence of God, God has turned his face. Yes, Pana. It, he has turned his face to you and he's looking at you. You know, there's sometimes when you're, you're, you're talking to someone and you want their attention and they're doing so many other things. They're writing stuff. I hear what you're saying. You know, listening and writing some stuff down. Yep, I hear watching the TV. Look at me. Look at me. And God is saying, I'm, when you come into my presence, I turn my face to you. Can I throw something else in here? By the way, realize that, you know, you think about all the things you've, you've done in life. You know, maybe it's some great, some wrong. Thought, bad thoughts you've had, sins you've committed, don't say anything right now, all right? Whatever, how you've fallen short, uh, how you've been disobedient, all of those things. Think about all of those things. But you know what? Out of all of that, even after all of that, God has still turned his face toward you. He already knew what you were going to do before you did it. He, he already saw it, and he still loves you. He still turned his face toward you. He's still saying, come into my presence, because in my presence is forgiveness and grace. In my presence is mercy. In my presence, I wash away sin with the blood of the Lamb. In my presence, there is deliverance from all of the yokes of bondage that you may have. In my presence is restoration of relationships and all of those things that have been torn away from you. In my presence are all of those things. That's why he said, seek first. God's kingdom. Seek his presence first. This felt, realized, personal presence. It's a vivid presence of God when omnipresence becomes manifest presence. And then those two come together. Now we step right in to the felt, realized presence of God. And it brings us right back to Psalm 16, 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. So what are we saying this morning? We're saying that God is saying, my presence is already here. My presence is already here. And we're waiting. You know, Moses Vey prophesied something some years ago. And I, I believe this thing has come all the way back around. Some of you I know don't know. There's a few who know who he is, but uh, he's been here several times. And um, and th I think this, this word has come all the way back around and it's, and it's being realized, the felt realized presence of God right now. He said something some years ago. We're like, when is this thing going to be over? You know what? I, we're just waiting. I'm, I'm sitting here waiting as if we're ready. You know, we're ready. And then as soon as all this other stuff gets out of our way, then uh, we'll move into it. But here's what God is saying to us. He's saying, I'm bringing you through the river. And I am getting you ready by bringing you through the river. I'm getting you ready for what I already have ready for you. Amen. So the thing on the other side, his presence, his felt realized presence, the miracles, all of that is already there on the other side of the river. Okay. But he's bringing us through it. He's bringing us through it. And he's getting you ready for what he already has ready for you. Amen. Amen. So just receive that today. 
thank you, Lord, that we're going through this. That's why I can have compassion on my brother and my sister and all of this. We will make it through this thing, guys. We don't, don't let it sidetrack us. Yes, we do have to deal with it. And sometimes there are things that we're going to have to talk about. We have to have hard conversations and all of that. But at the end of the day, please, I'm begging you. I love you so much. I love you so very much. And I'm beg, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sistren, by the mercies of God, that we keep Jesus first. And no matter what, no matter what, I don't care if we have a knockdown drag out, no matter what, when we come back, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. Let's sacrifice and let's have compassion on one another. Amen.